Hello. Welcome to Comic Book Herald Live. Everybody, I'm the producer, founder, and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. We have a lot to talk about today. We have a lot to talk about today. Big week in the world of Marvel superhero comics and elsewhere. Today, we're going to focus on some spoilery items. If you don't want to be spoiled for recent Marvel news, which was a leak and was spoilers, then un like like unconsciously quickly. <laughs> like we're talking like Devin Booker here with the first step, quick became news. Went from spoiler to news like that. Props to Marvel PR. We're gonna talk about the big news coming out of Amazing Spider-Man number 26, which is now been publicized here today, okay? But if you've somehow avoided that and you don't obsessively follow comics news and aren't super online, first off, congratulations. Good job. Living your life right. Uh, but if you want to avoid that, back out now. That book doesn't come out for another two weeks. Good luck avoiding finding out what happens in Amazing Spider-Man number 26. This is the issue of Spider-Man that Marvel has been teasing for a while now as the most shocking Spider-Man comic since Amazing Spider-Man number 121, which is famously the death of Gwen Stacy, 50-year anniversary. They've been teasing the, you know, portrait of various players in the Spider-Man verse who will die. Eat, you know, vibes, certainly, right? And that puppy has already been leaked and now announced officially. So we're going to talk about that. There's a lot to talk about there. We are also, also going to be talking about uh, CBH journalist, writer, reporter, Luca Nieto, Gray, has written for CBH in the past, uh, unveiled this week some findings from Marvel's August catalog, somehow snooped them. <laughs> on their August previews. I have not seen this released anywhere else. But uh, but that officially announced a new Al Ewing title. So we're going to talk about that today as well. And then some comics actually came out today too. We're talking Fantastic Four number 7, Avengers number 1, and then X-Men number 22 and X-Force number 40 on the X-Men side of things. So spoils will be a coming. Prepare yourself for that. If you don't want to hear them, then I'm like, listen, shut it down. Shut it down for two weeks do not go all online. Get out in the wilderness. Camp out for a couple weeks. Then go pick up your copy of Amazing Spider-Man number 26 because it's going to be impossible not to see this discussed. Uh, it was going to be hard even before Marvel formally announced it. So, okay, I've done enough prefacing. I've done enough spoilery warning. We're let's, let's dive into this puppy. Let's dive into this puppy. It's been hotly teased. Amazing Spider-Man number 26 is going to have a shocker of a development here in the Zeb Wells, John Romina Jr. title. That shock, apparently, is the death of Kamala Khan. Now, this book has been pretty uniformly <laughs> about Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson. There's been a lot of mystery as to what separated the two, what's going on with MJ's power set, what's going on with her family, Seems like she, you know, at the beginning of this run, like she has a husband and kids now. What happened there? How did that happen? Uh, those answers were generally revealed over the course of the preceding few issues. I'm not super in on this narrative. I don't think it's incredible by any measure. I think it's a very mid Amazing Spider-Man run. Um, but like <laughs> nothing, nothing outlandish, nothing shocking. But, but the run has very much focused on the relationship between Peter and MJ. So obviously some sort of development in Amazing Spider-Man 26, if you're talking about something shocking happening, you're thinking, okay, it's going to be related <laughs> to the Peter and MJ saga. No dice. No dice. It is not. It is instead, apparently, going to be killing off the superstar character relegated to weirdly background supporting player in the pages of Spider-Man, Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Miss Marvel, a.k.a. star of her own Disney Plus series, a.k.a. star of this falls the Marvels via the MCU. Okay, I have a lot of thoughts on this. The first 
is that this is a genuinely surprising pick. <laughs> like, like I, I guess if all you're going for is we're going to shock everyone and we need to make sure that nobody could guess this, good pick, I guess. I don't know. It kind of feels like, like an Agatha Christie or like watching, you know, Knives Out or something, but it's like, okay, but the mystery is someone that we've genuinely never seen. <laughs> like they're not they're not a player the who done it is somebody who like was not in the conversation that's how relegated and behind the scenes kamala feels like i know she's a a part of this amazing spider-man run but she is not a part of the spider-man universe she is not a core part of this amazing spider-man run at all it's kind of like i kind of liked her as a supporting player in this if she's not going to have her own ongoing series, and we'll get there in a second, you know, but it's like to have her be the one that is the big shocking death, this run isn't and hasn't been developing or building to that in meaningful ways. Okay, so that's to, that's the very micro level analysis of why this feels weird to begin with, right? Just on its own terms, it's like weird pick, surprising. And it's definitely going to give Spidey something to Spider-Man know more about, right? Like, here's how I'm guessing this plays out, okay? Spidey's temper has gotten the best of him. He's furious at MJ's husband, Paul. He loses his temper. In doing that, Kamala gets killed. We put another notch on the Peter Parker guilt tree, okay? We got Uncle Ben. We got Gwen. We got a whole host of others, Gene DeWolf. Now we can add Kamala Khan to the Peter Parker guilt tree. It's a story about Peter and his guilt. It would also kind of explain why Nightcrawler's parading around in a Spider-Man costume, right? If, like, Pete's hanging him up. Okay. So that, that probably already you can tell, like, okay, there are some issues with that approach to thing. Um... Let me just let me just start by addressing some of the immediate fan response to criticism of this decision, right? Which is it's Marvel Comics, right? A death of a character is is about as permanent as my beard shave, right? They'll be back in a few weeks, okay? Um, I just thought of that now. That's pretty good. That was pretty solid. Uh, <laughs> They're coming back. We know that, right? Not only is Kamala going to come back, but it also, like, the first thing I think of when I see that she's going to die is, oh, she's going to get resurrected via Kirk Cohen resurrection. Feels like a no-brainer. We got Zeb Wells, played nicely in the X office and Hellions. This is, you know, part of his concocted idea with Spider-Man editor Nick Lowe. Can't believe they're letting us get away with it type thing, you know, in all these interviews. And, uh, yeah, of course she's going to get resurrected on Krakoa at some point around or near the movie. Okay. Maybe even they'll resurrect her as a mutant because that seems to be the direction the MCU is taking. So if you believe in the idea that Marvel Comics and the MCU have any kind of coherent synergy, which I don't think they really do, um, but if you actually wanted to establish that, okay, here's your chance. Fine. Yes. Like this is not, this is not my first comic. Thank you for explaining to me that that when characters die in the Marvel Comics universe, they typically come back. That kind of doesn't make this suck any less, I don't think. And the reason it doesn't make it suck any less is a host of reasons, but, but one is just the macro context of the Kamala Khan journey in relation to what is going to happen where she is dying in another character's book as like a like a I don't know like a Robbie Robertson level supporting character. No shade to Robbie, he's great. <laughs> but not a major player in this book. Marvel, predominantly excellent creators and editors, like G. Willow Wilson and Adrian Alfona and Sonia Aminat and then Salad and Ahmed, put so much work into Kamala's rise as a superstar character with a compelling ongoing comic from 2014 to 2019. In my view, 
the best new teen hero since Peter Parker, certainly of the 2000s. And since 2018 and the start of Marvel Fresh Start, the C.B. Sabalski, editor-in-chief of Marvel administration, has completely squandered that. They have completely thrown away that work. Kamala went from fascinating solo star to joining the Avengers to then joining the kids on the Champions to in the Sobolski administration, a limited series also ran. This character doesn't get an ongoing, doesn't get a title, even with the Disney Plus show actively airing for nine weeks or whatever. There's no Miss Marvel title since 2019. And then post-limited series runs, the character gets relegated to the background of Spider-Man comics. What is that? What is that? This is your biggest non-Miles Morales, right? Miles is bigger, I suppose, especially posting into the Spider-Verse. Um, but this is your biggest new character of the 2010s. And she gets like a little five-issue mini if she's lucky. What is this? What is that? It's, an, it's a decision. You know, it's an administrative direction to deprioritize the new, to deprioritize the diverse, because a lot of what came out of the 2010s in the Axel Alonso era was new and was diverse, especially compared to the absence of that historically in Marvel Comics. The center fell out from the Axel Alonso era of Marvel after Secret Wars, 2015. Some of that was by design. Secret Wars was a jumping off point, as described by Jonathan Hickman. Okay, but that era, when it was hot, when it was good, it still went to bat for Kamala Khan, Riri Williams' Ironheart, Miles, Doreen Green Squirrel Girl, Moon Girl, Unstoppable Wasp, more I'm forgetting. The only one of them still standing is Miles. The only one of them is still standing is Miles Morales, and for how long? You know? And for how long? So I, I just think this idea that the reaction to Kamala's death in Amazing Spider-Man 26 is about the actual death of that character or this specific issue, It's it, mine at least is not that, right? Like on its own terms, yeah, this is the thing that happens with Marvel characters all the time. She'll walk it off. <laughs> She'll get better and comics and stories will continue. But I'm talking, look at the broader picture. Look at the bigger picture and then you look at it and it's like, she's getting killed as a backup character in Spider-Man? That sucks. You know? It's cowardly, I think. The history and nature of superhero comics tells us new characters have to have titles with the chance to fail repeatedly in order to truly grow and become a piece of the fabric. There are more throwaway Punisher, Spider-Man, Wolverine, etc. comics than there are good ones. By a lot. <laughs> By a lot. These characters get a bat after it, bat after it, bat, and it makes the good stuff really stand out. It makes it really stand out. That is like wholly missing right now for any character that is relatively new and often representing any kind of diversity. If you, that's the kind of character you are, Kamala Khan, Lunella Lafayette, Monica Rambeau, again, Squirrel Girl, where's Squirrel Girl, right? You're lucky to get a five-issue series. And then the cycle feeds itself, you know, because this narrative becomes, well, these characters don't sell comics, which is fueled by increasingly scattershot opportunities and creators with no room to cook. How many five-issue limited series have you read from Marvel recently? where you said, they crushed it, give me more, and Marvel responded. When has that happened? Okay? Doesn't mean none of them are decent. Doesn't mean a five-issue mini can't be good. It can. Al Ewing's Defenders five issues are often very interesting. It's an interesting creator, but that's also set within the context of all sorts of other comics that build and, and, and compile upon themselves. That's how this medium works. You know? Unless you are very specifically setting out to do the Tom King, Mitch Jarrod's 12-issue limited series, you are writing for 
a contained story, Marvel doesn't have that. They don't have a black label. They don't have, frankly, the the capacity to roll comics out like that. That almost never happens, at least not intentionally. Okay? So then you get characters like Kamala or Lunella are given one at bat, and they're told to hit a home run, or they're getting cut from the team. It's absurd. It's absurd, and it's completely unrealistic. So, I mean, listen, this is a, this is a weird and bad decision. <laughs> it really is. And regardless of, of course, the character will come back. Of course, the, hopefully it means resurrected. There's a new Miss Marvel series, interesting creators, right? All of that can be great. It doesn't change a poor editorial vision leading up to this for years now and then this specific decision itself. So credit for picking a genuinely surprising shock, but definitely it just reeks of of kind of just nasty cynicism of the crassness of where where marketing and comics intersect in the in the sort of grossest ways, you know, where it's like any attention is good attention regardless of what we have to do to get it, right? It all just reeks. I want nothing to do with this comic. I mean, again, and I've, I've seen some people like, oh, just wait till you read Amazing Spider-Man number 26. That will not change the preceding five years of background that I just described. You know what I mean? It's not about the structure and efficiency and effectiveness of Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr.'s storytelling in Amazing 26. It's not. They can write a fine issue. Like, I hope it's better than not. The character deserves that. Um, so anyway, it's it's a... I, I don't get mad about characters dying in comics. I love Magneto. Un- X-Men comics are unquestionably better when Magneto is a, a central, central part. I don't think there's any arguing that. Taking Magneto off the board in the Krakoa era, that hurts. That removes a lot of what you can do in X-Men comics. That said, the execution and death of that character in Judgment Day and X-Men Red is really good. And it also makes sense. That's a book that that character is prominent in. It hurts to remove them from that. That is not what's happening here in Amazing Spider-Man. Right? So, all right. That's where I wanted to start things. Big news this week. Obviously, I'm not a fan. I cannot see any reason why I would change my mind <laughs> on the subject matter. Um, but it's it's just, it's the sort of thing that Marvel does every few years that makes me just like want to wash my hands of the Enterprise and just be like, man, superhero comics, they like they are asking you to think like an idiot so often. You know, so often. It's insulting to reader intelligence, it's insulting, it's it's probably genuinely offensive to a variety of people, you know, as far as like what this character represents for a Pakistani American superhero, right? I'm not even getting into that. I don't really have the capacity to speak to that well. Don't love it. Do not love it. Uh, you know, another thing to think about here too is I, I was thinking about this and announcing, I know Marvel probably didn't, maybe they didn't intend to announce this. Maybe they didn't leak. I don't know. Either they leaked it themselves and they're playing some kind of Ozymandias game um, or it got leaked and then they had to scatter and make it look like they wanted to announce it, which is probably what happened. Um, But like a pre-announced death of is so hard to pull off in comics. I don't think it's worked for 15 years. I think the last time it worked, we're probably talking Ed Brubaker on death of Captain America, which actually wasn't, really announced until like that day and uh hickman's three arc in fantastic four was teased heavily ahead of time my uncle spoiled that at like christmas (laughs) like what like before the comic even came out um that was the death of of well i guess i won't say maybe you haven't read it no it's been 15 years johnny storm in ff i would say that's the last time that like a pre-announced death of stories worked well 15 years ago you could maybe throw in ultimate spider-man actually he's pretty effective um 
that was something we knew was going to happen. The arc was called Death of Spider-Man. I saw some people trying to rep for Death of Doctor Strange recently. I cannot get on board with that. I like Clea. I would say Death of Doctor Strange is the least of everything Jed McKay's done at Marvel, of which I like most of, right? So it's like it's not like it's a catastrophic failure, but it's the least of everything he's done there. All right. Let's keep it moving. Get in your thoughts. Get in your questions. We'll talk about comics. Had to get that on my chest. Big news. It is. I mean, it's it's not like it's not a, you know, significant player, I suppose. It's just not a significant player in Spider-Man comics. Jordan asks, is this Marvel Comics basically admitting that they aren't even trying to make their comics attractive to young people? I, I think that is definitely... Definitely some thinking that you could apply to the Sobolski administration. This era is way more focused on nostalgia and about known properties than about developing anything new. There are some exceptions to this rule, right? Like there is a limited series right now about like Blade's daughter. That's a mild swing. But again, it's a limited series. How invested are you in that? Doesn't sound like very, you know? And again, if you go on down the list of the young legacy players, where do they have space in Marvel right now? I would say the one sector of Marvel that is sort of not immune to this, but definitely has developed its own own sort of culture is the X office, right? That's, that's the one place at Marvel that actually has developed some freedom to take swings and and feel, frankly, just younger and hipper than everything else out there. And that's a part of why it's so successful right now, by comparison. It is willing to explore other things. It is willing to, to have other voices and perspectives on matters that can differentiate it from the dregs of superhero comics. Right? We have, let's see, it's 2023... We have so many years of these comics. We don't just need to see them recycled and reused. That is the most boring possible approach. And we're seeing that, I think, especially now in the Sibalski administration, where this fresh start is real stale. It ain't fresh no more, right? And it started out hot, right? You had Venom already coming. You had Immortal Hulk already coming. You had the Hickman X-Men in the pipeline for years. Okay? Take those things away. And, and then kind of put the X office off in its corner. Like, it's Marvel is struggling outside of that. So they need, they need some new good books. And, you know, they're going to come in the form of a Ryan North written Fantastic Four. They're going to come in the form of a Jim McKay written Avengers. But it's like, that's not new. That's not for a younger audience. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you're right. Like, it's... Marvel doesn't, I think the big two struggle with this in general, but Marvel especially, they do not know how to write or market comics to a younger audience at all. I mean, they have literally outsourced their all-ages comics to IDW. They have Scholastic basically running their graphic novel imprint, of which they are so far behind DC, it's not even funny. DC got out ahead of that and is actually having some success, and good for them. Right? Those books are immensely popular with kids. Okay? And Marvel's got some stuff going on TV. You know, Spidey and His Amazing Friends. Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, which I've been raving about. Love it. You know, there's some properties there, but then it's like, okay, cool. You love the Moon Girl show? What comics should you read? No answers. <laughs> there are none. There are none to pick up. Congratulations. You know? So, anyway. That's a whole big thing. The other news, which is much better news, much more exciting news, uh, that again, CBS contributor Luke Nieto Gray spotted Al Ewing, Immortal Thor coming. Immortal Thor. Did not see that coming. Definitely did not see that coming. Immortal Hulk being the previous Ewing book. That is an all-timer. That was so good. It was the the rare superhero book that was like, and this can hold its own with non-superhero books. <laughs> Immortal Thor promises to be that. It promises to be like, yeah, I'm writing my 
you know, kind of legacy title, the one that I'm most invested in. Um, I'm looking forward to this. One of my first thoughts was definitely it makes me nervous for X-Men Red. Uh, and just like how long can Ewing, how, how thin can he spread himself? Um, and, and, you know, and like, can he do Immortal Thor at the same time as being a major contributor to the X office? Because if the X office loses Ewing, oh boy, we're in trouble. Uh, but purely on its face, very excited about this book. I'm definitely in direction Thor needed, um, it's going to be one of the must-read Marvel books to come. So I'm looking forward to more from that. All right. Let's look at what's going on in the world of comics. I mentioned Fantastic Four and Avengers, both books that came out today. Um, I loved Fantastic Four number seven. A few of you were getting on me to, to catch up on Fantastic Four. Uh, I have done so. It is definitely one of my favorite Marvel books right now. I really like Ryan North just in general, um, but definitely a good fit for Fantastic Four. It's really nice, too, because every issue is is relatively self-contained in kind of the best ways, and yet it all feels like it's building on itself. Um, it is it is a very good Doctor Doom story today in Fantastic Four number seven. You could pick up just this issue, honestly, with, with really no background, and just from context clues, you'd be totally fine. Uh, and that's a skill. That's hard to pull off. Highly recommend Fantastic Four number seven today. And Avengers number one is the launch to the Jem McKay era. It's very much a here's our team kind of book, you know, which I do find kind of boring. Uh, but it ends with the the cliffhanger that King the Conqueror is going to be involved. He's in trouble. He needs help. Jem McKay has written the best King the Conqueror of like the last, I don't know, like 30 years in those timeless one-shots. So I'm very, very interested in seeing what the creators can do there. I like this Avengers roster, right? It's a classic team. Iron Man, Thor, Cap, Captain Marvel, Vision, Scarlet Witch, Black Panther. I'm looking forward to more from this run. I hope McKay can pull it off. Um, you know, and obviously, and we're going to have a good piece on this on CBH coming out tomorrow. But, uh, you know, the post-Jason Enders Avengers experience, like, you know, it, it got so unwieldy. And it's just such a mess <laughs> for like five years now. So it'll be nice to have like an Avengers book that I'm actually interested in checking out for quite some time. All right, X-Books. What happened in the world of X-Men today? X-Men number 22 came out today. I would say this is Jerry Duggan's, maybe his best X-Men comic. This was a good comic. Part of that I think is Josh Kassar's on it. You got Kassar with Marty Gracia and it's just like, fantastic looking book that definitely helps um but i really like the focus here on the orcas team i wish we'd had more of this i hope more of this continues in the build to fall of x orcas is interesting and that's one thing i think duggan has done very well is build up an interesting leadership on orcas no one else has really done this you opened here with the first time we've seen karima aka omega sentinel since the pages of hickman's inferno um, and Karima here is making deals with horticulture. She references a Trojan horse and the mutant medicines. And at first I was like, oh, are we doing this? Are we saying mutants put a put a curse in their medicine this whole time? Nah, it's it's Orcus all along. Uh, it's, they're actually poisoning Kirkcalan medicine. But it actually gives us some vision into, okay, what is Orcus doing that's going to set the stage for the fall of X? And what they're doing right now is they're, you know, they're poisoning the Kirkcalan medicines. And they're building dissent. And they're, and they're winning in all the ways that aren't any kind of actual physical confrontation, right? Um, you also have Orcus here offering, you know, mutant-suppressing drugs from Dr. Stasis. This, this was the what's Orcus up to comic we need from X-Men. I think Jerry Duggan's X-Men is at its best as the book telling us what this threat is doing and who they are and how the X-Men are responding. Because nothing else in the lineup is really doing that. And, and this book does it effectively. I appreciated that about it. Um, we have Forge here also, like, offering to end homelessness. He wants to just give it away. You know, trying to build some mutant goodwill and kind of, like, it's, it's a good Forge book, too. I like the addition of that character. Um, I think as a whole, you know, what I like so much about X-Men 22 is it's the Orca stuff, but it's also like, okay, yeah, this feels specifically of this era. 
this doesn't just feel like X-Men superhero stuff fighting the brood for the 8 millionth time and Cyclops getting really into genocide for some reason. It feels instead like, oh yeah, this is of a piece with House of X and Powers of Ten. This is that era. These are the games we're playing. We're talking about mutants doing things like giving drugs to society that can cure Alzheimer's and ending homelessness. We're talking utopia stuff. That's the era we're in. Play with it. Do stuff with it. And this comic does that. So I enjoyed it. Set stage for a, a potentially interesting fall of X. Um, X-Force 40 was the other comic that came out today. And I'll pause now for questions. Get in your thoughts. Get in your comments. I'm going to take a sip from our sponsor today. Our sponsor today is Filtered Kitchen Fridge Water. It's coming in cold. We got no ice today in the Nalgene, but we do have a full bottle of Filtered Kitchen Fridge Water. You can go to filteredkitchenfridgewater.com, enter promo code CBH, and get some of that for yourself. Let's see. Mary SC8 here says, how about a win for the X-Men? I got to tell you, we're going into an era called the Fall of X. Do not anticipate wins. <laughs> I do not think we'll be seeing very, very many wins anytime soon. This will not be that era. Yes, yeah, another thing actually that I saw Luca reported um, in, in their find of the August preview catalog was apparently all the new books in the Fall of X are announced as limited series. So Realm of X, uh, Alpha Flight, whatever the Nightcrawler Spider-Man one is, uh, Fruitly Neighborhood Nightcrawler, something like that. Um, they're all going to be limited series, which is not surprising, but uh, confirmation. Confirmation. So I, I guess actually the one thing that that does maybe tell us is Fall of X might be four to five months with those books included, which is maybe shorter than I was anticipating. Um, I guess that'd be the possible takeaway there. The one interesting thing that happened in X-Force number 40 today, as the wheels keep on spinning, Chronicler and Colossus lose their connection. When Colossus goes in a Quint Inquirer portal that takes them out of reality, out of time, out of that dimension, I'm not sure exactly which. Um, that was... I think the first time we've seen any actual disruption of Colossus being a possessed Russian mole and not the cute kind, you know? Like, I, I do think this comic would benefit from an actual Russian mole. Like, if a little mole poked his head out and was like, in Russia, light's bright for you, no? Like, that would be pretty cute. I think we could add that to X-Force. Deadpool would enjoy that. No questions. Um, but it's the first time I've seen disruption for Colossus with Chroniclers. So that was interesting. I I guess I'm curious, will Colossus have any memory of that? Will he? Because he's, he's kind of taken out. You know, he literally loses his footing and he's like disrupted. He's like, I feel like I just woke up from a fog. But like, will he have any idea what's going on there? Will that change anything moving back? Or is it just, because like, it, it seems like a hard thing to replicate, right? So I'm curious, like, what kind of impact will this have? Uh, this being f issue 40 of this run. And, you know, I was still asking the same questions about the Russian mole. Uh, I do feel like it's going to be a minute. It's going to be a minute <laughs> before we get answers. Gosh, this comic loves to spin its wheels. Oh, boy, does it love to spin its wheels. Oh, there's our, there's our little Russian mole again. In Russia, wheels spin for you, no? I'll keep working on it. I'll keep working on it. I think the accent's there. I just think the jokes are no good. Right? That's the challenge. That's the challenge when you're talking to yourself all the time. I'm seeing Owen likes comics here in the chat. Hey, Owen. So just tuned in, going to catch up on the Spider-Man part of the stream as I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts. Thanks. That's definitely the best part of the stream. <laughs> it's much better than anything else that's happened so far. Uh, it's at the very beginning. If you listening to this are not familiar with Owen Likes Comics on YouTube, check it out. One of the best channels on YouTube, of which there are far too few. Oh man, I made the mistake today of, I was like, okay, how bad, how bad is the coverage of the Kamala situation here? And uh, so I, I did an incognito browser and yeah, I know the shortcut. Come on, let's be honest with each other. Um, I did an incognito browser 
And I went to YouTube and I was like, okay, Kamala, Amazing Spider-Man. What are the people saying? <laughs> it's always it's always somehow worse than I am imagining. You know, it's just the worst people are so available. Like have nothing better going on ever. And are just like, oh, did something happen in the world of comics that I can sink my bigoted teeth into and immediately scream and yell about? That'd be great. You know, I do, I do think we should say a little prayer for the bigoted rage monsters on YouTube. They had to choose yesterday between hating on Marvel for being so Disney woke or celebrating the death of a diverse character. Really hard decision for those guys. Um, if you can say a few prayers for them tonight, I think that might go a long way. But, oh, man, what a mistake. What a mistake. Never look. That's why I've got, listen, I don't watch many YouTube videos. <laughs> don't don't really like it here. Um, but uh, the channels that I do like, like Owen Lake Comics, you know, I've got the algo curated, right? I've already muted the nonsense, you know? So, listen, am I living in a bubble? No, because I don't live on YouTube. But, uh, you know, I, I'm seeing generally acceptable things. But then when I step outside that, I'm like, what if it was your first time searching on YouTube? What would you see? And it's like, oh, you'd see the worst things. <laughs> Come on. There have to be better conversations around this subject matter. Have to be. Hopefully this is one of them. Can't be the only one though. Come on. Uh, JJ's asking, did you speak about fallen friend already? I did. I spoke about our fallen friend. That's the very beginning of the stream. First, I don't know, 20 minutes. Y'all tell me, it felt long. Felt real long. Um, okay. I think that's basically everything I wanted to talk about. I think that's pretty much it. Record time. Very efficient today. Gotta appreciate that. Do we have any questions? Do we have any thoughts? Let's get them in. Let's see, what do we got here? Did you see the Ultimate Invasion trailer? I did. I don't usually watch Marvel's comics trailers, but this one I did because it's kind of the most information we've gotten about Ultimate Invasion. Um, I don't know that it told us a heck of a lot that we didn't already know. I am definitely still very interested to read this comic book by Jonathan Hickman and Brian Hitch. Uh, it's the maker trying to restore the Ultimate Universe. It's going to take on the Illuminati. It's going to involve Miles Morales in some capacity. I'm eager to watch. How many helmet bro jokes do you think we get between the maker and Professor X? I'm going to set the line, it's only four issues. I'm going to set the line at two, over under, helmet bro jokes between Professor X and the Maker. Maybe I should set the line at one and a half, actually. I don't know. Vegas is already moving the odds. Let's see. Um, Xavier asks, are you sometimes getting bored, Dave? When is that? What does this question mean? <laughs> <laughs> Am I bored on the stream? Actively? Not especially. I don't do them that long. Um, am I getting bored with X-Men comics or just like comics in general? Is that what we're getting at here? Uh, I am not. Here's the thing. I am not bored with comics. I am actually like the last two months I have had such vigor, <laughs> such pep in my step for the medium of comics. No joke. Like, I cannot stop checking out comics from the library. It's a problem. Like, and then I and then I get home and I'm like, ooh, what can I get on Libby and Hoopla? Right? Like, I'm reading so many comics lately. It's awesome. Comics are great. I love them so much. <laughs> Highly recommend. Uh, superhero comics, I am getting bored about. Actually. I, I am definitely in a bored of superhero comics phase. Um, you know, within reason, right? Like I can still read a good one and, and very much enjoy it. I, you know, I think part of this is, I don't know what it is exactly. I always kind of, and I've written about this before. I always kind of dreaded the day where I'd be like so old and cynical that I was like, oh, superhero comics, snub my nose at that. You know, I'm not there. I don't know that I ever really will. Um, but there is definitely... A, a bit of boredom seeping in, I think, with the industry, with the medium. You know, it's just you see the same things repeated so often and so many times. It's just not the most entertaining. Um, and, you know, I like reading new things. I like reading good books. You know, I'm talking about enjoying comics so much is because I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm the most jazzed by far about the process of discovery 
of the best new stuff every year. Like updating the CBH best comics of 2023 list is the thing that I enjoy the most because I get to read a ton of comics. I get to figure out what's working for me. I get to, to see what doesn't work. Um, and I just, when I'm reading the superhero line of things, like there are so few contenders. There are so few contenders. Um, I, I think, you know, it's like, I think X-Men Red is probably the best Marvel book. I got to catch up on Gemma McKay's Moon Knight. I think, you know, because maybe that could be in the conversation. But it's just like, I don't know. We had a stretch there where it was like Immortal X-Men and Hickman X-Men stuff. It was like, okay, these are these are hold their own classics in the making kind of runs. You know, the Venom and Kate Stegman stuff for a while before it kind of went off track. It definitely, you know, it was there. Um, and and right now, part you know, and then part of it too is like, okay, well, I'm... I'm not feeling it as much, so I'm not reading as many books uh, in the Marvel line. So maybe if I was caught up on Captain America or whatever, I'd feel differently. But uh, but yeah, no, there's some boredom there, um, I think. And then DC, I'm very checked out on unless it's like, you know, Black Label limited series type stuff. Uh, I don't – I'm trying to think like – I have not read an ongoing DC book. I don't even know. I don't even know what that would have been. At some point, I'll read the Zdarsky Batman, you know? Uh, but yeah, so I think broadly, no. I think in terms of superhero stuff, yes. Uh, but, like, when it's good, I can I can get back into it pretty easily. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, Mr. Berlin points out, glad the Fresh Start Part 1 guide is being updated. It's true. The Marvel Fresh Start reading order uh, sat stagnant. Got as stale as Fresh Start itself. Uh, but it has been updated. There's now a part two courtesy of excellent CBH guide writer, Nathan Payson. Uh, so there's a part one that I've updated. And then part two is Nathan's work going through the Marvel universe. So if you want to read as much of the fresh start era as you possibly can check out those guides on comic book Herald. Let's see. Can we get an X-Men prediction before you leave? Donald says, <clears throat> Well, I mean, I already predicted that Kamala will be resurrected via Krakoan protocols. Um, that's going to happen. I think, will she be a mutant? I mean, I kind of hope not. I don't know. I, I won't get real up in arms about it, but I do like, I do like having a Marvel Universe with characters who aren't all just mutants, you know? And I, I think it's, it's hard for a character to enter the X space if they weren't already a part of that conversation and that legacy and not just kind of get sucked up and vacuumed up in the room, you know, like there's a lot of players vying for space in the world of X-Men comics. I think Kamala Khan is better suited to have her own space. A la Spider-Man, you know? So I, I don't, I won't be like furious about it if it happens, but, uh, I, I don't wish it. I wouldn't say, um, other X-Men predictions. Let's see. What what happened in X-Men 22 that was interesting? Um, Orcs is poisoning Krakoan medicine. They are, like, detransitioning mutants in what felt like a very pointed metaphor, I thought, for, for trans individuals and kind of some of the kind of grotesque policies that are out there right now around that. Um, what's going to happen? What's going to happen in the fall of X. I think Forge's utopian ideals are definitely going to get upended. They are not going to get executed. Um, the, the leadership is way too fractured right now to do that. Uh, I guess here's one, and maybe I've talked about it before, but okay, Fall of X. Uh, Krakoa, so Orcas can get into Krakoa incredibly easy right now. They've got like Nimrod's astral plane hack in Legion of X. They just got a database from Horticulture. Now they can use that for, for the Kirkoan gates. The Kirkoan civilization, as we know it, is going to get totally destroyed. I mean, it is going to get absolutely wrecked. That said, Krakoa is a sentient island. <laughs> so I think, I think it, by the end of Fall of X, basically no one, like almost no mutants will still be living there. Like it'll be, it'll be like post-decimated Genosha where it's like Professor X and Unis walking around, you know, like it's going to be Charlie and like 12 people. And eventually 
Krakoa will get repopulated, and it will not be Charlie at the head of it. But it will definitely, um, it it will come back. But I, I think for a while we're just going to see like nobody on Krakoa. I think that seems really likely. Any other questions? Let's see, Brandon says thanks for the analysis. Thank you for joining. Appreciate it. <clears throat> Anything else? Dominic says. We must discuss how Storm seems to be running the show. Uh, must we? <laughs> seemed, seemed pretty clear in X-Men Red. I mean, I think the, the counter to the idea that Storm is running the show is that uh, Mother Righteous has Storm in her pocket because Storm thanked her somehow, however the heck Mother Righteous works. But otherwise, I mean, it makes sense that, I mean, Storm has knowledge of Araka that no one else on Krakoa has. She is among the very few Omega levels left. Is she the only Omega level left on the Quiet Council? Very possible. I'm forgetting something, but I feel like she is. Um, so, I mean, it makes sense that she'd be running the show, frankly. She's also the only one who didn't F up and sends a Sinister. That counts for something. They all saw how that played out. Uh, questions here at the end. All right, we're going to start talking basketball. Let's watch these numbers drop, baby. Did you watch Lakers Nuggets? I did. I stayed up late. Oh, these West Coast games are killing me. Um, love how that game played out. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm pretty pro LeBron at this point, actually. You know, definitely as a Bulls fan, like there was that D Rose versus the Heat stretch where I was very anti LeBron in the Heat, just rooting against him, like nothing against personally. But, uh, I, I guess I'm kind of rooting for the Nuggets. I think ultimately, you know, it's it would be, I think given how good Jokic is and how a lot of people don't seem to kind of have grasped that or have seen him play in these these type of games, um, it'd be nice to see him actually get a title to kind of back up and validate the MVPs, especially after the way this year just got kind of nasty. Um, and, the, you know, LeBron's already got one. Lakers already have some. But they're, the Lakers, this is a fun Lakers team to watch. Austin Reeves stepping in, Hachimura shooting well. Uh, I, listen, I'm furious the Celtics got the flipping 10 seed heat as their path to the NBA finals. Boston has had more than their fair share <laughs> of sports success over the course of my life. Um, so I'm pretty upset about that. Not, I'm not a Philly fan, but at least it would have been something new. That said, I love Jimmy buckets. I love that He carried this heat team here against all odds, especially love that he destroyed Milwaukee. Uh, so listen, if the heat, if the heat can make it to the finals, I will buy like, I will buy a Jimmy Butler heat jersey, I guess. Maybe more. Maybe I'll get his face tattooed somewhere. You get to pick, audience. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Uh, but yeah, anyway, rooting for the heat, big time. But it's kind of hard to imagine them actually beating the Celts. Okay, final question. Xavier asks, if you could take a writer from Not Hero Comics and put it on an X title, who would that be and why? Okay. Um, a lot of possible picks here, certainly. Who is, I mean, it, it is a little hard to find folks who are like, are not doing any superhero work. Um, who would I pick? I mean, I, I'm always saying Marjorie Liu of Monstrous Fame coming, because she's already done good X-Men comics. Um, coming back and writing an X-Men book, I think would be a great fit. So that that always makes a lot of sense. Honestly, it's weird to me that they haven't called and requested she do that, frankly. Uh, who else from Good Comics this year? Let's see. This comics of 2023. Who do I got? I think Alex Pachnadal, who did uh, some X-Men Unlimited stuff, did a really good cipher book. Um, there was the other one he did. I can't remember now, but I think he'd be a great fit in the X office. Ooh, Marvelous L suggests Stan Sakai. That'd be a great pick. Stan Sakai of Usagi Ujimbo fame. Currently doing a Usagi Ujimbo uh, Ninja Turtles book, which is just pure, like, childlike joy. Uh, Stan Sakai would be awesome. Who who would you want to see Stan Sakai doing? I feel like a Stan Sakai New Mutants would be really good. I feel like his Warlock could be a blast. Like a Stan Sakai... Honestly, actually, if you get, gave Stan Sakai the Peach Momoko Demon Days deal and just let him do his own thing in the Marvel Universe, in the X-Men Universe, I feel like that'd be awesome. 
Um, who else that isn't doing X stuff right now? You know who actually I think would return and would do a much better job with X-Men now than they did when they had the chance and cared to have the chance would be Matt Fraction. I feel like Matt Fraction would do X-Men, whatever version of it that they wanted to now, in such a, like, fascinating way. Like, I would I would buy that book in absolutely a heartbeat. I think that'd be incredible. Um, all right, final selection. Just scrolling through my best comics of 2023 list to see what I've been loving lately. I wouldn't bring back Brubaker for it. He's good. We're good there. Uh, John Allison of Giant Days and now the Great British Bump Off. John Allison would do a very good Krakoa or X-Men book. Slice of Life comedy. Don't get a lot of that in the X-Men right now. I think that would work incredibly well. All right. Thank you for the questions, everybody. Thanks for joining live. Really appreciate it. Uh, again, if you're listening and you want to hear my thoughts on Fallen Friend, it's the beginning of the stream. Otherwise, I think we're calling it. I think we're doing it. Thanks, everybody, for joining. 